I'm Stephanie Hansen, and I'm here with Stephanie March, who we need a weather report. Uh, what is happening? <laughs> the weather report is, do not panic. Okay. <laughs> this is just, we had a little false spring. We had a little false spring. Which usually happens. With the 60 degree weather, we are we should be in our souls ready for snow in March and April. But, you know, it's, it's going to be okay because the sun is good, you guys. The sun is good. If we can keep the sun out today, it's going to be great. Okay, because... It did snow yesterday that I was like, wait, what? Well, and then Sven kind of had some ominous predictions for the week. Okay, the week is not looking great. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. So, okay. (laughs) I was feeling like a little despondent. Um, And in fact, I did talk to some, you know, patio type food truck people who were like, wait a minute. We might have already thrown some food money towards some stuff and are a little bit worried. So I'm going to say 25 today. Yeah, I am going to say that it's, you know, we are the spring warriors. And I think a lot of people still just want to get out of their house. I mean, they want to. Good. I mean, I think I think we just heard that our our uh, North Shore issue the of the magazine, the March issue, which is, you know, Escape to the North Shore has like sold out all over the place. Oh, nice. <laughs> because I think people are like ready to Let's do it. Go. Yeah, Let's go. Let's I love it. So I'm in for that. So. You know, still don't hunker down, I guess, is what I'm saying. Like, the sun is good. I would like to thank people that came out to bingo. How was bingo? On Wednesday. I was supposed to be there, and I did not make it. It was awesome. And you're doing it, though. When is your date? I'm in May. Okay. I'm coming in May. We'll make sure to remind you guys. I will be wearing either sparkle pants or sparkle top, for sure. You might wear both. You're very sparkly. Yeah. It was really fun. I do have... They had a Korean corn dog that... I'm going to Las Vegas, and last time I was there, I got into this Korean part of town that I'd never been in before and had all these funky snacks. And this was kind of like that, where it was an all-beef hot dog, but it had this, like, super massive crispy coating. Yeah. And panko. it was great. So, and it's Was that cheese just panko? It. No, just, it didn't have cheese. Oh, you didn't have cheese in yours? No. Because that's the traditional, like... That's I know. Not, and not traditional in terms of the fact that it's just street food. Yep. You know what I mean? Nothing that's, like... It's just been really invented, and that's like this whole thing of you can get them at Bap and Chicken sometimes. Yeah, so there are no around cheese town. in there though. Okay, well, in the I think Bap and Chicken does have cheese, but and the one I had in Las Vegas had cheese, but it was great. And bingo's fun. Yeah, there's tips I need to give you. Okay, but not on not now or well, or like, it's it's fun, but it's I mean it's, it's official. A job. Yeah. Well, yeah. Way more of a job than I thought. You know, I thought I was just going to like show up and be like, hey, yeah, bingo. No, no, this is people's money on the line. And so you can't just be like, whatever. Well, and okay, the other me. thing, you probably can only say this a handful of times before it gets old. Oh, 69. Oh, well, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would say something like, nice. <laughs> oh, yeah. We had a real fun time. So raising money for the Liveness Project, which is great. 
Thanks to everybody that came out. Thanks to all of you, my talkers, that gave for two bids for kids for the Ronald McDonald House this week. Yeah. Greatly appreciated. And we have one other little shout out before we get to what you ate this week. Colleen and Bradley had their 10th anniversary. Oh. Congratulations to them. Yay. Bradley is my secret. I'm a secret admirer. Probably not so secret. I was going to say, what part of what part it's is not secret? secret, is it, Bradley? Sorry. Right. No, he's over there with his sourdough and making his jam butters and his apple butters. And, and don't you think he's pickling. an obvious admirer of ours? Probably. Because there's Probably. A, it's a mutual admiration society. I think so. I think it is. Because so, he did uh, fill in that one time. Yeah, congratulations to him. And yeah, that's all my Colleen and and congratulations to the we're doing our fingers crossed for the teachers to get everything tidied up and it's time. put a bow on it. And Ellie's partner is feeling a little light well, in the pocketbook. Well, this was their first the third week means that they missed a full pay period. So, OK, when you yeah. think about that that way. Um, and so I think it's uh, I'm just I'm I'm it's definitely supporting our teachers is a great thing. So yeah, I'm and, happy that they could come the kids, to a place like we just need the kids. To get I thought it was very school. sweet how the kids were really supporting their teachers, mm-hmm. you know, and they were, you know, back there. And I heard that there was a number of kids who would, you know, there's a, little groups and pods of parents who would bring food to them, who would like bring gift cards to them, all that kind of stuff. You so. know how next door is normally like just a cesspool of yuck. Yes. Uh, this particular time, someone in my neighborhood-ish has someone that's kid goes to Justice Page Middle School and has a lot of help from PSAs, which is my daughter's partner is a PSA. And she was collecting gift cards for the PSAs at Justice Page. So I actually like had the opportunity to like say, hey, this matters. Like, thank you. I know this person who works there and they're feeling really stretched and nervous about money right now. And so that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. No, I I think it's great. And the fact that there was a lot of places around town that was doing, you know, support, you know, discounts for teachers and all sorts of stuff. I thought it was great. So yes, I'm I'm just glad to see that, you know, we can, I mean, my God, we're like one of the most educated states in the country. We should be able to like be paying. It should show in the amount that we pay our teachers. And I'm just someone who doesn't know very much about all of the demands and everything else. But I'm just saying that. So, yeah, there's a lot of demands, but there's also a lot of need for good public schools. So I think we can all agree on that. Yeah. Uh, what'd you eat this week? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> a big solid nothing. I was basically in the office all week long. I thought you might have been. And I'm probably going to do it one more because we're doing this wonderful 50th anniversary issue for May, which is marvelous. And I got to tell you guys, and this is just a special little like <laughs> preview for the KSTP family. There's a there's an article about disco life in the 1978 issue called Dance and Fever, and it's written by one Joe Souchere, and oh, it is wow magical. Like I have had to hold back and not like you know leak it out a little bit because it is fantastic. It is it is a surgeon's eye on like the way that he writes about these cupid doll women and these like sparkly pants dudes like doing the hustle and it's so good i cannot wait to read it and so i can because it's gonna go in the actual issue i haven't scanned it but i'm just telling you that there's some we have some had some amazing writers throughout the time so this isn't what i love about this issue it's about the city and it's about the city that we've seen and that our writers locally have seen through our pages we have Britt robson we have carla waldemer we have claude peck we have all former alumni from the alternative press well let's just say this is the point like yeah. they they write all over town yep. and this is just sort of their moment bill Suter, you know all of these moments he was a staffer too that were in 
you know, that were in the all the press. You yeah. know what I mean? That So it's a really interesting thing. I can't wait for it to come out. It's just been a lot of work. So I haven't eaten anywhere other than like the naughty Greek for lunch. Yum. <laughs> Not bad. Which is great. I uh, had, uh, I mean, just the most revelatory dining experience at Muriel. Oh, good. I can't even, I, I mean, for me to try to like describe how Karen Tomlinson makes you feel when you eat in her restaurant, words would probably not be enough because it feels like you are her very best friend and you are sitting at her living room table mm-hmm. and she's giving you her best china and her best silverware and making little bits for you that feel so just for you. Yeah. Even though you're in a restaurant and you see her doing it to other tables too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but that's but she like, comes the point. Oh, she talks to you when but I, it's when not I, because you are her friend. It's because you're all there together and we're all her friends, yeah. like her friends that she's able to share this love of Cocado Dassel farms. And, yeah. um, every server, you know, really like knew the story and each dish it was, I love multi-course meals, of course, but each dish felt so like important to her story. Yeah. And then at the end I was full, but not like gratuitously full. Like sometimes you go to these things and it's all tweezer food and you have to go have a cheeseburger after. Yeah. It wasn't like that. I left happy, satisfied. My diners that I was with who are, one was kind of a foodie. The other one I would say probably isn't also were just like blown away at the level of detail, the care, it was just, it was a magical, magical night, and it's very reasonable price. So if you're interested in that, you can look on my Instagram to see the individual dishes. I really can't say enough. I mean, if she's not nominated for a James Beard Award next year, there's something wrong with the system because she's cooking beautiful, beautiful food. Good. good. Well, I have enjoyed it. I haven't been back in a while. Oh, so good. And every time I try to publicize like a wine dinner or anything, it sells out before I can actually get it online. Yeah, so I can see I think why she has got a very loyal following, which is great. And uh, yeah, no, I highly recommend it. Highly so recommend good. It. All right. We have a great yeah. show coming up for you. We're going to talk about some vinaigrettes. We're going to talk about uh, martinis. And there's some fun events happening in town. You're listening to The Weekly Dish presented by our friends at Maker's Mark. We've got a recipe for a maker and ginger on the Facebook page today. We'll be right back. All right, we are back to My Talk 107.1. We have some listener friends in studio with us today that won a visit at our cookbook swap, which will come back in October. October. We're having it back. We're going to have it back. We're going to be at Malcolm Yards again, which I thought was super fun. I know, and there was a lot of room, and it just was great. And we'll figure even more stuff out next time. Yeah. I might have a cookbook by then. I know. Oh, I know. Well, didn't we say you were going to do like a little signing and stuff? I think so. I'd like to. I got to recruit some people, though, to help you put all the books out because that's the hard part. Right. Um, All right. So, you know how, Stephanie, you'll appreciate this. Okay. This is like foodie talk, but like we've done a lot on this show, right? 13 years later, I had a friend Instagram or Facebook thing pop up and I was like, I think we can officially say 13 years because... There was pictures of us from 13 years ago. Yeah. So, I think it's more than that. It, it even could Because be. I'm on 14 at the office. And oh, yeah. That means, so it was so right like about then. 15. Okay. Yeah. So during that time, we've talked about lots of stuff. And Steph and I were saying last week, like, hey, maybe it's time to like re-talk about things because in 15 years, maybe some new listeners have come into the fold, we hope. And it's just time to revisit something. So it got me thinking about all the stuff we talk about. And sometimes... The simplest is the best, right? Yeah. So basic vinaigrette. 
you like when I realize the the salad dressing aisle for me is one of the saddest aisles in the grocery store. <laughs> I just like I never buy any of it. It always feels gross. I do buy salad girl and that's if I'm going to buy dressing, I'll buy hers. Yeah. But other than that, I'm like, oh, this is just sad. Like even like I can't buy even blue cheese for my husband anymore because it's so gross. Oh, you know, can I be honest? The only reason I don't buy salad dressing is because I never use it enough. Like I it's my bottles go old. <laughs> so oh, wow. like if I buy a bottle, it's I have to look at the date before I open it again because I'm like, when was the last Which time? Which is funny because you're not even a date watcher. No. Like you'll eat almost but, rancid stuff like I will. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> I am like wartime Germany girl. Like literally, <laughs> I mean, definitely. I just snorted. That I was a total was snort. Good. But I, I honestly, so, but I look at these bottles and I'm like, I don't know. And then usually when you have an acid, which a vinaigrette type, salad dressing will be you're safe you know so i don't worry about it too much but it never tastes as good right and so for me i make them myself mostly because i just can't trust the bottle in the shelf okay so this is my feeling exactly the basic vinaigrette formula according to the french is three tablespoons oil to one tablespoon vinegar that vinegar could be literally vinegar, like a balsamic or a red wine. Think or a about champagne. it as fat and acid. Okay. So and that's that- all you have to think about is fat, three fats, one acid. And when you do that, you get a very light, sort of vinegary, depending on the type of vinegar you use. For me, it's not vinegary enough because I kind of like more vinegar. So I do a three to two. Okay. And I always use lemon juice. Sure. So that's probably why I need to you have amp a little it up bit a little more bit. acid in there. Kurt is allergic to lots of vinegary things and gets a histamine business. So lemon juice and olive oil are at the house. That's great. But from there, like you can do lots of things, right? So I demonstrated vinaigrettes this week. I just shook them up in a mason jar by adding like a teaspoon of mustard. You now have ta-da, mustard vinaigrette. Which seems silly, but it does change the complexity of the dressing a lot. It makes it a little bit creamier. It's a little bit yellower. It has a little bit more of a sharpness to it Mm -hmm. than just the plain vinaigrette. From there, you can add capers. Yep. A tablespoon of capers and then any chopped herbs. So like I used dill, parsley, cilantro. I just chopped them all up. I used about a quarter cup and that was probably a little bit too much depending on how much dressing you want. But so now you're shaking that up. You're going to put garlic in if you want that. You could do shallot instead, a little salt, a little pepper. Let's say you want to do like an Italian vinaigrette or you were mentioning Naughty Greek. Their Greek vinaigrette for their Greek salad is very basic. Yeah. So, you know, you're going to throw uh, olive oil. You're going to throw some lemon juice, a little garlic, salt and pepper. They use red wine vinegar. Yeah. Yeah. Or may and maybe you'll throw in some oregano. Right. Fresh or chopped or dried. It's just if you really kind of get going on the vinaigrette train. Yeah. Because when you talk about fat and acid, you know, we talked about what could be acid, but vinegar, apple cider, uh, could be orange, could be lime, could mm-hmm. be lemon, mm-hmm. rice wine, balsamic, champagne, vinegar. I do a lot of I do a lot of throwing just a dash of rice wine in and yeah. wine just to give it a little bit of a lift. A little mirin. That's all it takes. And then you have your fat, which can be olive oil, walnut oil, sesame oil, avocado, sunflower, canola I've used in a pinch. Yeah. And then Like, you can really mix it up just based on your emulsifiers, right? Mm -hmm. So here's what I did after I had made a basic vinaigrette. So now I've got my olive oil. I've got my lemon juice. 
I've got a little clove of garlic that I've microplaned in there. And I microplane versus chop because I really want that flavor to infuse all of it. And I don't want chunks. Yep. I have some fresh ground pepper. I have some salt. Now, if you want to make this Caesar, you just add like a tablespoon of mayonnaise, the yolk of one egg, and a teaspoon of anchovy paste. Yeah. And you're out there like, oh, anchovy paste. It's not Caesar unless you have anchovy paste. And if you don't think you like anchovies, you maybe don't, but you will like them in a Caesar. It's umami. You're not getting fishiness. By the way, I would encourage everyone to get yourself a teeny little tin of anchovies. I mean, what? A buck sixty nine at the grocery store? The right 69. by the tuna. There's little <laughs> sorry, a little bingo reference. Had to do it. All Good right. Stop. All right, I'll allow it. This only an hour one. Though. I know. Hour We're one, done. you've had your you've had your allotment. Uh, but you get a little tin of the King Oscar, the sardines next to it. Like, get a little anchovy. Get yourself a couple little, like, crackers, just some saltines, and try eating an anchovy on a cracker. Oh, it yum. is literally, you will, the things that you've thought about anchovies might be different now. Yeah, because your taste does change yes. from when you were, like, a kid. Yeah, and you just are sort of programmed to think, I don't like fishy, and I don't and like that. And your dad that. was giving you yeah, those Yeah, it was, like, sardines. eating the kipper snacks yep. and all the grossness. Kippers. Gross. But... Anchovies are so umami and they're so good in so many ways, like mashed into things. You like it could change your life. And it does, I think, in a dressing situation, because it's like you have the flavor of Caesar, but you don't quite know what that is. Right. And it's someone the umami, was umami, yeah. This makes like, you know, two thirds of a cup of dressing by the time you yeah. get all this shaken and all this done. And it's the best Caesar. It's better than probably what you're going to buy in the grocery store. And, and it's it, not white. Yeah. Well, and if you want to, if you don't, if you want to eliminate the, uh, if you want to eliminate the mayonnaise part of it, you still can. Like sure. You you can just with olive oil. You can throw a little parm in there to kind of give oh, it a little bit. Sorry, I did have parmesan yeah. in it too. A tablespoon yeah. of that instead of because I know that there's some people who just have a mayonnaise issue. Yeah, that's fine. Also, here's one to here's one to think about. Ready? Throw some miso in there. Oh, you know what? That's in my emulsifier list. Yes. Well, I mean, the miso and tahini are so hot right now. In fact, there's a restaurant I want to go check out that someone said had the greatest tahini Caesar. And I am in for that. Please, because I tried to make a Did tahini okay. green goddess. Oh. And I didn't love it. Okay. I messed around with it. I tried three separate times. Yeah. And I finally just had to abandon the mission. And I was like, I don't know why this isn't working for me. Yeah. What I will say is think about like... And this is maybe a political correct question. You'll know the answer to this. Okay. Is it okay to say like Asian? Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I made an Asian sesame vinaigrette. From, but from what? I didn't say. Well, I didn't elaborate, but I just, as I was typing it, I was like, is that still okay? But is it from, I mean, like, is it a traditional recipe from a culture in Asia? No. Well, we're going to come back and talk about whether you can say Asian sesame vinaigrette. You're listening to The Weekly Dish. We'll be right back. All right. When you last left The Weekly Dish radio show, we were asking our resident journalist and expert, Stephanie March... On whether... Who is not the Uber... You're the authority for me. You're close (laughs) enough. Yeah. So I was writing this recipe, and it was a peanutty vinaigrette that had sriracha, soy sauce, rice wine vinegar, a little fish sauce, and lime, and some garlic. And I was like, I called it an Asian sesame vinaigrette. But as I was typing it, it felt kind of weird. And I didn't really know. Is it okay... For me, non-Asian white person, to be writing a recipe and call it Asian sesame vinaigrette. And I think, you know, this all stems from just trying to be respectful. And this is the clearness of you're trying to be respectful of 
cultures and food and and we know that you know that's kind of been I'm not trying to appropriate right, anyone's right. And dressing. Right. I think you can say that. I think you can say Asian flavored, you know, cuz it's not really Asian cuz you're making it up here out of a bunch of different ingredients that don't really go together in those countries or places or you know what I mean like it's not, but I think you can say it's Asian flavored. One thing we don't, we've, we're understanding you don't really want to say foreign or ethnic anymore because that centers whiteness and assumes that everybody is other than you. Like you're and in the middle. Is and, that true too of like Oriental or yeah, the Orient? Cause there is no Orient there anymore. Is no Orient. That was okay. a totally, you know, that All was, right. that's why we don't like Oriental chicken salad is not really. Thank you. A thing. So you wouldn't want to say that, but Asian, you could say Asian flavored or Asian inspired, you know, Great. or, Got it. you know, yeah. Thank as long you. as you don't if say you're out there and you're Asian and you're listening and you're tolerating our <laughs> BIPOC 101 lesson, but well, you know, it's, it's good, good to, to know. The biggest thing is that it's good to think, you know, it's good to think about it and yeah, it's good and to I like totally have a did. moment. And the fact that you had a moment is better than not. Yeah. Cause you know? we're maybe changing our culture. Finally. Right. No. Right. All right, so with that accomplished... Oh, so there there we go. So <laughs> There is a recipe on my site, and I think I didn't call it Asian. I think I just called it sesame vinaigrette. Yeah. But same well, see, feeling. Fat you can was taste, peanut butter. Mm-hmm. Acid was rice wine vinegar. Yeah. And, and peanut sriracha. butter, are you using sugar peanut butter? Or I used almond uh, natural peanut butter. Nut butters. Just yeah. a nut, nut butter, butter that has... Because if you say peanut butter and people put jiff in there, it's going to taste weird. Yeah. No, yeah. I used a nut butter. Okay. So, um, and go. I do think you can easily, you know, and then that's the thing is you can take one ingredient and use that instead of Asian. You can yeah. say, you know, spicy peanut vinaigrette. Correct. What? Or cashew yeah. vinaigrette right. or almond or it almond. just keeps going. It's I had crazy. so much fun this week. But so I, crazy. Then I well, had to eat vinaigrette all week. places that aren't Minnesota, <laughs> <laughs> I know a lot of people are on spring break. And um, we were talking about, I was trying to figure out what to do for Fox 9 this week because mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know. It's like there's no holidays and all this kind of stuff. And I realized that so many people have gone on spring break and then there's so many of us just left behind, you know. And as we did the weather report today, sometimes it can get a little daunting. 25. <sighs> and you feel a little stuck. And I think that the way to handle that is to go eat at a restaurant that makes spring you break feel at home. that you can feel like you are. I love it. It's a staycation. I like it. Yeah. So I was going to, I rounded up a couple and I thought I'd bring them here too to talk about a little places because there's a couple of them that I want to shout out that are places that I want. These are like kind of, I mean, they're, they're kind of hidden and and I think people would appreciate them. We're going to start with Cuba. You can't go to Cuba or maybe you can. You can if you go on a food tour. Yeah. But uh, if you can't go and you aren't going this week or you can't get on a plane, I'm going to give you two Cuban restaurants. Yum. The first one is Guavas. Have you guys eaten anybody? Have you eaten there? Is this in, in St. Paul? South Minneapolis. Okay, no. This one is, and the second one is though. Uh, this one is a cute little place. It used to be that uh, Zavi. Remember that? X-A-V-I? Yes. Remember that? Yeah. It was. It's kind of over by Nicomas, Nicomas a little bit. Yeah, kind of Cedar Lake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cedar. Yeah. So 77. Guavis is the cute. Then it was it was Frank. I think his name is Marconda. He was he's the paella guy who's been around town doing yeah. paellas. So this is this cute place. It's kind of an undersong. Like I think they didn't have a liquor license for a long time. Actually, I'm not sure if they do anymore either. But like I think that they've finally gotten a lot of good uh you know loyalists and Yum. stuff great paella great uh cubano great brunch Yum. like a lot of ropa vieja which is that stewed yes, beefy the beefy with the with, rice yep. and all that stuff sometimes Ooh. olives oh yeah and a marvelous tres leches cake there oh yum so if you're looking for that guavas is the place 
Here's the one I'm more excited about, and I feel like this is by where Ellie lives. It this is. is the El Cubano. Yep. Have you gone? No, but okay. she goes all the she time. She does go all the time. And they just got a beer and wine license. Yes. So she's they have this big patio. Oh, you guys, it's it's called El Cubano. It's in West St. Paul. It's on Dodd Road. And they're basically it's Dominican and Cuban. And the food there, I went one time. I, or maybe I got takeout when they were closed. I can't remember, but the whole porch—it feels like you're uh, like in a cabana. Yeah, you know, it's very low key. This is not like yeah. service. This is go up to a counter, order your stuff. But that's how it is in a beach shack, anyway. Yep. So it feels real good. I love that they have. Remember, I always used to talk about ahiaco, which was like that garlicky stew soup that I make. Yeah, I make it and I thicken it with potatoes by I grating think this the was potatoes. Fifteen years ago, yeah, but this yes. is one of those. But they thicken it with uh, butternut squash, and it's, so it's this lightly thick, but not like not like potato soup thick. It's mm-hmm. just sort of viscous and beautiful, Yum. and it's got beef and pork in there. But their Cubano from a couple of friends who are doing a tour of Cubanos has told me that theirs is the number one in the city. Oh, I love it. They I have know. tostones, too, which they are the have smushed plantains that yes. then they fry. Yes. And they have red snapper dishes, the Dominican side of the... the Guachinango. S- yeah, Guachinangos. It's uh, lots of good stuff. So that's a good place to, like, I think, drive and go have a moment and be like, yeah. that's your Anthony Bourdain moment of, like, pretending you're traveling around like the world. Um, a couple other places... I don't know if you've been to Pauhana in uh, Savage. Have no, you? but I want to. This so, is by the Lake and Lindale or Lynn Lake guy. By Lake and Irving. Oh, I love that place. Yeah. So, and I love the Hawaiian food that he does. Yeah. So this is Pauhana is in Savage. Recently opened um, within the last year or so. And they are, they're trying to do, you know, Hawaiian type food, but not like, oh, not like this isn't like everybody's in, you know, lays yeah. and grass skirts and there's like tiki guys everywhere. This is basically, you know, they've got some great uh, poo-poo platters. They've got some great ahi. Their fish is really fresh. Yeah. And they've got um, lots of good, uh, you know, loco mocos, which is the sort of the plate where they put the things together, you know. Um, Ono Hawaiian plates in North Loop is kind of that same gig. They've got like a little bit of the Japanese flavor where there's like the Kalbi short ribs and they've got katsudon and all that stuff, too. So I think you can get some of these little plates at Lake and Irving, too. So if Savage isn't your jam, give that a try. That restaurant, I think, is very undersung. It is. I they love kind going of there. didn't. I, you know what? The weirdest part for me about Lake and Irving was that it was like you get in there and you feel like you're in this English pub. And so then you're sort of like, oh, and then you but have. That, yeah, it's, it's, it's a kind little, of a mashup. Yeah, but yep. it survived. They've had, a, you know, I mean, they've been it's here for really good. And yeah. it's supported a lot by the neighborhood. There is a parking lot behind it. Mm-hmm. It's great. Lake yeah. and Irving. No, Check I it think out. it's good. Great so, spot for lunch. Yeah. Um, and then let's talk about the fact that lemongrass is open. Oh, yeah. That used to was takeout only, Brooklyn Park. This is what I love about that place is that it's Anne Ahmed's. It's her first restaurant. It's been around for like 15 years, as long as us. And uh, she's got, um, you know, it's definitely Thai flavored. There's lots of great Thai dishes. There's some great Chiang Mai uh, noodles, bowls and things like that. But she's also got sushi. So you can order up, you know, kind of a couple good rolls. And then I, Trish Gavin has done an entire tiki drinks menu there. So it feels really like you're definitely in another place. Like you definitely have vacation vibes going all across the lemongrass right now. So and they're open. So why not? Why wouldn't you go? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then I was thinking about Harry Sings and I wasn't sure if they're open or not, because if I think about, you know, um, Caribbean food and everything else. I think about Harry Sings mm-hmm. and the roti and the roti and the good hot sauce and stuff. Um, the other place I think about is Pimento. 
Jamaican kitchen. And literally, you guys, if you go to Pimento on Eat Street, it is like walking into like a beach shack that everyone is like, everyone is happy there. Every time I've gone there, it feels like I'm the worst mood in the space. You know what I mean? Everyone's having like a great time. And that's saying something. But like everyone's having a great time. There's red stripes flowing. There's all sorts of different sauces that you can add to your jerk chicken. You can do curry goat. You can do all sorts of fun stuff like that. And, um, you know, they're just, and again, there's like the rum bar next door. I'm not, they have like crazy wild bands that play there and stuff. I'm not sure how open they are right now, but they have different events and going on. But but Pimento is one of those places. And I think that they're still open in the Kagan case, although it's not the same vibe to me. Right, right, right. Like you go to the one on East Street and that's the vacation vibe. And if it's nice out, they're going to open the doors and they're going to feel real good about things. I need to get back to Kagan case when it gets a little warmer here. It's been a while. There's had some turnover in there, haven't they? Yeah. 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 I don't know who's, I don't think anybody's in the restaurant space, are they? I don't know. I don't think so. Not yeah. that I remember, but then... I know that they, somebody else just did, oh, well, the Salad Slayer guy, you know, he opened in there, Joy yep. Meatballs, and I think he has a Joy Meatballs there, too. Joy Meatballs owns Salad Slayer and Joy Meatballs. Yes. Anytime you can just say the word Joy, Joy meatballs, meatballs, you have to roll He's, that off the tongue. I have a great story that's coming from him that we're going to tell next week probably so okay. there's some really he's just a fun character i gotta tell you i love josh he's he's good he's good people all right so that's how you eat like you're on vacation you guys you don't have to succumb to any more you know hot dish or you know noodle bakes yeah mix up your wine mix and beers up. too like go and get some weird drink light, light beers yeah. you haven't had or something you can put fruit in or make a sangria do oh, something yes fun. why not you don't have to wait for the weather you can sit you know and do i'm that. wearing sandals today well you're and a leaving shirt you're I'm, leaving i'm going to you vegas but other than that all right all right six five one six four one one oh seven one is the weekly dish ask stephanie segment and that's coming up next you can tell us your favorite place to staycation at 651-641-1071. We'll be right back. There's nothing like two sisters in studio to crack you up. We have two winners that bid on the package at the cookbook swap for charity, and they're just in here bickering like Stephanie and I do. It's yeah, hilarious. It, it's sisters for sure. For sure. For okay. 651-641-1071. We got a lot of questions, so but you are questions. welcome to call in with your questions. We'd love to take them on the air, 651-641-1071. I am going to hold this up so I can read it. Okay. Uh, okay. This is a tip for Marissa. She gets a few plastic ramekins of dressing from the salad bar at lunch, so she doesn't have to get a whole bottle. Yes. So oh. there's that. Okay. Then she doesn't have it go bad, so that's a good tip. That's a good tip. Uh, this past Sunday, I emailed a request for some ideas on a place in the Twin Cities to have a family wedding dinner in late August. 20 people, three are school-aged children, and the rest adults. I failed to mention the day a week for the event is on a Sunday. Thought that might be an important detail. Thank you so much. Um, okay, so August. Yep. Late 20 August. 20 people. 20 people. She didn't give us any locational needs, right? She didn't Not say, really. like... No. Nope. Right, here's what I'm going to say. Go to the bungalow club and oh, do sweet. the patio in the bungalow club, yeah. which is a great, you know, sort of situation where there's, like, Arbor Vita and, you know, overhanging yep. things. That might be a really pretty thing. And, yeah, if it's during State Fair, you're going to have your pick of places because places are dead. Love. Yeah. Um, I would also say... I really think that the patio at Inoni, okay, outside in Mendota Heights, because it's on that man-made lake, yeah, could be a really beautiful setting for a late Sunday wedding party, old Italian style. Yeah, that is a um, good idea. 
family feast kind uh-huh. of thing. Yeah. And it, kids can run around a little bit. Yep. So I would try Inoni. Okay. That sounds good. Okay. Here, you two are my go-to information, and I'm sorry to bug you all the time. We're having a small gathering of six to eight women to celebrate a bride. We're open to brewery tours. Bride, not much into wine. Six to eight women? Yep. Okay. Cooking or cocktail making classes, special dining or private dinners at a restaurant or in our home. Pretty much everything. Any recommendations? I got you. First of all, I'm going to say there's do a cocktail class with Jeff Rogers from Burrow in their space that they called the apartment. Okay. So it's like a private, like they have an apartment tricked out so that it's a private dining space. They You sit around an island and you take this cocktail class. I did talk about it a couple of weeks ago. Yep. And it is, and we had like, I think we had... Uh, I think we had six people, but you could definitely get eight in there. And we just, it was so fun and intimate. And because we were by ourselves, we could laugh as loud as we want. We could, you know, it was very custom feeling. I think very that's important. So you could also do, and they had dinner, they had snacks in between. And so you could also have like, you know, you could do gift opening or yeah. you could do whatever you want. Six, five, one, six, four, one, one, oh, seven, one. My other one is to, is another thing that I just did, which was that table at Kaluna. And so I would say, you know, go hang out with Anne Ahmed, who is just everything is pink and lovely and very, you know, lady centric and bride and the whole thing. And you can shop that little area that she's got, but you can reserve that big dining table and do like a private dinner. And she or you could sit around the kitchen while she cooks like a class for Fun. a dinner. So I love both of those things for you. OK, uh, next we have Mary. She's looking for a special restaurant to celebrate her 40th anniversary. They had a lot of heartache the last two years, so we know that it's very important to celebrate the good stuff. Okay. And this is worthy of a splurge. Oh. We live in the South Metro, but we're open to any location, including an overnight stay. Thanks so much for your thoughts. We love your show. Okay, so then I would say go to Spoon and Stable. I mean, I would say, like, get treated. Go to the hewing. Really well. Overnight. Yeah, go. Here's what you do, right? You book your place in the hewing, and then you go to your, have your dinner at Spoon and Stable, and then you hit the Monte Carlo on your way back for martinis and, you know, and desserts. And then you go and you stay, you know, overnight at the hewing, and then you wake up and you have breakfast there, and it's wonderful. Uh, I would say, too, late night, do yourself a favor. Pop into J.D. Hoyt's. Oh, yeah, you had a good time. Have a martini. I went there the other night, and I felt like I was in an 80s time capsule, and it was wonderful. Yes. The food was wonderful. The service was wonderful. Junior's at the bar. 30 years later, he's still at the bar. You know, it just was like old home week in there, and it was so good. You got to go again and take me. The Buddy Bowl was great. Yes, I haven't had that in forever. We just literally, Kurt and I laughed our butts off. Yeah. And this one super hilarious guy came in. And he is like, he's a friend of, he's a friend of Jason's. And he was just like from across the room, 70s dish. And I was like, had a few by this point. So So we are hugging. Oh, I did. We had a great time. Okay. Okay. Um, I would say too, we just talked about our guests in studio are going to the suburb show tonight and staying at Celeste. Which is a little boutique hotel. Yeah, it's it used to be a nunnery. Yeah, and it's real cute. It has a little bar. And I think you could go to Meritage and have like a really nice dinner 
and then stay at the Celeste Hotel yep. and kind of do that. That's a good, that side of the road. From the St. Paul side of things. Um, we did have one here uh, that just came in about on Monday. Uh, I'm taking my mom to Bachman's flagship store for the Idea House. Oh, yeah, the Lindell store. Oh, mm-hmm. how the Idea House is coming up. Shoot, I know. She I says, go. we will go to lunch first. Our route is from her condo near Knollwood to Bachman's. We can eat near either of those spots or along that route. My mom likes the vibe of the Mad Hatter in Anoka, but she is open to new things. However, she needs gluten free. Do you have any opinions? Well, I would say the Kenwood, but it's not exactly it's not really on close the way to there. Um, if she's in Knollwood and she's heading towards Lindale, we're going along Highway Seven. I mean, I hate to say like if you ate at Yum, you know, which is kind yeah. of up by yep. like you know, there's Yum a great kitchen. little spot to like grab a bunch of different things, and there's a lot of gluten free things there too. Yeah, and that's kind of yes, modern, not really. Uh, Mad Hattery, but like kind of fun and very easy eating. You know what I mean? Well, there's also the Lynn Hall and Edina. Yeah, you could totally do I the Lynn Hall like and Edina. Kind of Brighton area. I just was there last week and had the tartine, the avocado mm-hmm. tartine. Yeah, I would say also that the Pajarito is open for lunch in Edina now, and so that might be a place. Like, it's definitely not. I didn't know that, but okay. they have gluten free stuff there. All I mean, they have a lot of gluten free stuff. And Coalition is there too. Yep. Yeah, so you could hit anywhere. In that's Edina, kind of a really. lady lunch place yeah. in my mind. Mm-hmm. That's All for right, sure. so those are some good ones. Do we have any others on the? Do we have any callers? Uh, no. Six five one six four one one zero seven one. People are frozen. They can't call. They are frozen shut. Okay, Stephanie. Yeah. Something is very happening today. That's just for you. Oh, what? Today is the day that the craft of everyday cooking is celebrated. A book about liberating power of proportions and how they can guide you in the kitchen. 13 oh, years ago. 13 years ago. Michael Ruhlman. Yes. His book was published by Scribner. The Ratio. And he's not only kept both hardcover and paperback in print, but they're now offering a special deal on Stephanie's favorite book on Kindle. It's $1.99. Oh, Listen. For all of you guys who have felt like you are a slave to recipes and you always want to think you're jealous of people who can intuitively cook, this is how you learn to intuitively cook. Yeah, this is basically where you it, you stop thinking about how many of things and you start thinking of how it works and fits together. Like earlier in the show when I said... The vinaigrette. Yes, yep. it's a fat and an acid. That's all you need to know about a vinaigrette. It's a fat and an acid. And then you figure out that ratio, how much fat to how much acid, and then you figure out which fats and which acids. That's how you become an intuitive cook. I brought this for you specifically because it's $1.99 wow. on Kindle of the Day. That's and great. The book is... I don't have the book anymore. Because I have lent it too many times. <laughs> okay, it's called Ratio, it so you can find me. it. Someone has it of mine. So just when, you know, we're almost going to break, this always happens, the calls. So we're going to take all these calls. We'll take them in the next hour, too. Yeah, we've um, got a few minutes. Paula, we're going to start with you, and you have a question about something that's gluten-free. Hi, Paula. Welcome to the program. Hi, Paula. Hey, Paula. 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 Are you there, Paula. Oh. I was um, calling in to say the Mill Valley Kitchen oh, in yes. St. Louis Park is yes. gluten-free for that one lady, and they also have a private room. I don't know if 20 people. I know we've done 15. Oh, yeah. And but that one, perfect. And that one is good for the woman who's taking her mom to the Bachman's thing. Yes. Like, that's a double That's A double, a whammy. double whammy answer. Good job. Good I do job. love the Mill Valley Kitchen. I always go to the one that's at the Trail House or the Trailhead at yeah. Theater Worth. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much, Paula, for calling in. We have Chris. Who's got a question? Hi, Chris. How you doing? Hey, good. I'm unfrozen. 
Yay. I love hey. that you're not frozen. Thank you. <laughs> well, I'm not outside. But I'm outside. <laughs> I have to tell you this. It's not a question. I laugh. I love it when you laugh at the radio like, oh, my God, we were just talking about this yesterday. So I'm going to give a cheap plug here real quick. Have you? I'm sure you probably haven't heard of it. It's called Tipsy Chicken. Oh, it's out, out we've heard of the Tipsy Steer and the Tipsy threat. Chicken. Sure. Yeah, Scratch Kitchen Craft Cocktails. All right. Love it. Thanks for the good intel. Thanks, Chris. And we've got Katie, if you want to hold on, we'll get your call on the other side.